Digital. Student-centred. Creative. Innovation. Imagination. Initiative. Stories that matter. I'm Jo Elliott, and this is Tales of Teaching Online, brought to you by Deakin Learning Futures. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tales of Teaching Online. Today, I'm joined by Maria Nicholas from Deakin School of Education to talk about how she used 360-degree video to create an interactive classroom for her teaching students. Maria, thank you so much for joining us today, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me on, Jo. Um, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be teaching at Deakin? Well, um, I started at Deakin as an undergraduate myself, so I've been at Deakin for a very long time. I, I was a primary school teacher for about 13 years, I think it was, uh, but kept in touch with my literacy lecturers from back in the day when I was at Deakin. And then when work came up, uh, Rod asked me to do some teaching and then when he retired, I went for the position and I've been here ever since. Well, I'm very glad it worked out in that way because it sounds like you've been doing some fantastic work. So let's start talking about that. Um, what prompted you to start using um, 360-degree video in your teaching? What was it you wanted to achieve? Well, over the, the past few years, even since I started actually, uh, we've used video in our units to show how practice links to theory so that you can visualise what it is that we're reading about in the textbooks and that we're talking about in classes. Um, and when my head of school, Damien Blake, when he started thinking about creating the NIAL and um, creating this facility at Warm Ponds that allows for 360 degree immersive video where you can just walk in and just be immersed in the experience, I thought, let's give it a go. Let's see if these videos that I've been creating myself just with a point and shoot, if we can move it to a 360 degree um, format. So that's why we thought we'd have a little play around with that. So tell me about the activity itself. What are students actually going to be doing when they're in that immersive situation? So when we created the 360 degree video to begin with, we were planning to use it in the NIAL facilities itself, but and that was in 2020, but then the pandemic hit. So we never actually got to use it in person. So we're looking forward to doing that next year. But quite luckily, what this meant was that our students who were now online and were missing out on having in-classroom observations because of the lockdowns, they were able to use VR glasses or we just clicked and dragged around the video during seminars as well. So they could have that um, the classroom observation even though they weren't able to physically step inside a classroom. So it's quite lucky. Um, and what we wanted to achieve both... Um, online if they couldn't physically make it to the facility and then next year in person is that for an assignment that they have they need to observe a teacher who is teaching guided reading and a teacher who is teaching whole class writing in a primary classroom and they need to analyze critically analyze what the teacher is doing against the theory that they've been reading about 
And in the past, we found through their assignments that they're sometimes a bit um, challenged in knowing which elements of what they're observing are noteworthy, uh, what to compare to the literature, what to critique. Often it's just a summary of what they saw rather than a, a critique. So these videos were designed to step them through the professional noticing, what to notice, what to note down, and how to critique quite um, professionally and respectfully what it is that you're observing so that then when they go out and do it themselves for assignment three, they have had that practice and know what to do. It sounds like a wonderful scaffolding activity for what is really a very important but challenging skill to learn, I, I imagine, um, trying to get that sense of what's happening all around you, um, even in the places that you're not immediately looking at. Well, I had um, quite unexpected benefits that we found afterwards because with a normal observation, you're facing one way. So, for example, with the guided reading, you're watching the teacher with a small group and the rest of the class, they're working independently or small groups without the teacher. And what we found with the video we made, there was one busy little boy who was walking around the classroom. And what you can do is you can observe what the teacher's doing. Then you can rewind and follow that little boy around the classroom to see what it was he was actually doing, what motivated him to move around the classroom. So the observation was actually richer than what you would be able to achieve during a live observation anyway. That's really fascinating. I, uh, uh, I'd love to see it um, when you do um, get back into Niall. Um, oh, you're have... most welcome, Joe. <laughs> that would be great. Um, so I know the students have, haven't had the full experience yet. Um, they haven't been having it as the immersive experience, just seeing some of the video. But how have they responded so far? Well, the feedback that I've gotten is that they really appreciate having that practice run having the practice of noting down what it is they're observing and then comparing it to the theory, they've really appreciated, um, I guess, the insight and knowing what's expected of them for the assignment. Uh, so that's the feedback I've gotten so far about uh, that particular footage. And um, not, like, not this year, but the year before, more so than this year, and also for Burwood students, actually, with the Melbourne lockdowns, more so than Geelong and Warrnambool, um, when they weren't able to go into classrooms and observe teachers, they didn't miss out on that component of the assignment. They were still able to observe a teacher. They were able to use that footage as the basis of their assignment. So they weren't disadvantaged compared to previous years, they still went through the same process of observing a teacher and analysing what they saw for their assignment, even through the lockdowns. Sounds like very timely project development there, even if it was coincidental. Yes. Um, and you're now taking the work a step further, aside from actually going in and using it as it was planned, but you're working with the School of IT to develop an app to help build reflection into the activity. Can you tell us a little bit about that work? Yes. So with my colleagues, Sophie McKenzie and Sean Bangay over at the School of IT, 
we're working together to create an app that they can use throughout the seminar when we're using the NIAL. Uh, so the, the whole idea of that app is to progressively add to, change, modify their paraphrasing, again, another skill that students sometimes need help with, paraphrasing the definitions of the teaching approaches that we're, we're looking at that are originally in their, the literature that they're reading, um, and then changing, paraphrasing, rewording as they're engaging with the text, as they're observing the, the teacher in action, as we have our conversations and our discussions during the seminar. It's something that over time they modify and change uh, throughout the seminar. So this app is going to scaffold that reflection that they can then um, email to themselves as a PDF and then use to inform their writing of the assignment. Oh, that sounds like it's going to make a huge difference to the assessment process and make that much um, simpler and um, probably more enjoyable for students as well, a little bit less stressful. That's what we're hoping. Um, Maria, thank you so much for sharing this work with us. It sounds absolutely wonderful and I'm really excited to see what comes of it once you get back on campus. It's um, a whole lot you, of fun. <laughs> do you have any advice for other teachers who are wanting to use 360 degree video? Um, it was quite a, an interesting process. I'd, I'd recommend people having a go because there are things that you, you don't think of. Um, like, for example, because it's 360, uh, you can't be in the shot, so you can't. You have to hide. We hid behind bookshelves and things. Um, you need to hide, and you can't actually see what's happening, uh, which is quite challenging. We had to film it over a couple of days in case the the footage isn't quite right because you can't observe what you're what's happening at the time. Um, with little children, uh, they become quite oblivious to the camera and can um, sit in ways that required captioning, strategic captioning, so we couldn't see up little girls' dresses and um, there was one piece of footage we couldn't use because the little boy sit, seated next to the teacher was picking his nose the whole time and we thought that's not going to be um, something he's going to want people to be seeing, so we didn't use that footage. So it's little things that you don't really plan for uh, that going through the process you realise what you need to plan for if you're going to do it again um, in future. It certainly sounds like a worthwhile learning activity, though. Yes. <laughs> um, so well done. Um, do keep us posted on, um, on how it goes. Um, but thank you very much for sharing with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Joe. <laughs>